we kindly stand to our feet as we are about to welcome our guest minister for this morning. We all know dad loves us so much, so he won't just bring anyone to feed us the word of God. He is, uh, he, it might be his first time, but he is also a covenant brother of Prophet Eric Hechemeku. Some of you remember him? Some of you remember him? Both raised by the great Dr. Mensa Otterville. So come on church, with a Jesus shout, help me welcome Reverend Alexandra Botchway, all the way from ICGC Kingsway, Ghana. Come on church. Help me celebrate. Help me celebrate as we welcome Reverend Alexander. offering was for me but I don't deserve to be clapped for because there was a time in my life nobody clapped for me until I met a man who made all the difference in my life so this morning if anybody deserves to be clapped for it is that man the gentleman of Calvary come on put your hands together celebrate Jesus he deserves it all Amen, amen, amen. Well, it is a great honor for me to be here fellowshipping with such wonderful people of God. I want to take this opportunity to acknowledge the leadership and the apostleship of the said man of God in this house, Apostle Felix Oko. Uh, he is a phenomenal person. When I had an invitation to come and preach and uh, I was going to meet him for the first time. I didn't know how to conduct myself because if I'm going to meet such a great man of God, you, you must know how to behave in the proper manner. I was like, hey, this is the man who is with the creme de la creme of whoever is whoever in Christendom today. So how do I conduct myself? And then we met for the first time, and oh my, oh my. He made me feel so at ease. I mean, the man was so humble. His humility humbled me, if you know what I'm talking about. And I was so much myself. In fact, at a point, I had to remind myself, hey, you are talking too much. Take your time and listen to this man. Amen. But he's such a wonderful man. People of God, help me celebrate your apostle and your pastor, the set man of God in the house. Please put your hands together and celebrate your pastor. Amen. I salute him wherever he is. I submit to his apostleship. He is a unique man of God. And I want to say you guys are so blessed to have him as your leader. Please celebrate him one more time. Celebrate him one more time. Amen. And of course, I've not met the first lady of the house, but definitely, I know she's a great woman of God. Shall we celebrate her also? Shall we celebrate her also? Amen. And I want to 
acknowledge the leadership of all the leaders in this house, the associate ministers, the deaconesses, the deacons, all the leaders in the house. You guys are doing a great work and God will bless you. Amen. I want to salute everybody in the house. Uh, your music people are simply awesome. You are awesome. God richly bless you. The musicians and everybody. Amen. Now lift up your hands in the presence of the Lord. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this opportunity that the beginning of yet another week we will gather under your feet. That you make a deposit in our lives that will cause us to have a clearer understanding of who we are in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that meditating on these things will become the people you have called us to be. Blessed Holy Spirit, have your way and glorify Jesus in our midst today. We take authority over everything that is not of you and we declare that it shall not prevail. At the end of the day, the glory and the majesty of our Lord and King Jesus will be manifested in the midst of the gathering of his people. We thank you, mighty God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Let's take our seat in the presence of the Lord. Amen. Uh, by way of introduction, my name is Alexander Butry. I am a member of the International Central Gospel Church Organization, of which Dr. Minsa Otabel is the general overseer. I have been working with this organization for 37 years, serving under him. I'm a member of the Presbytery, which is the executive governing body of this organization. I pastor our branch church in a city called Takrade in Ghana. And I also oversee about um, 73 churches under me in the region. Amen. Uh, Reverend Meku is a very good friend. He's also a pastor in the organization. In fact, there is a committee I chair, and he's also a member of that committee. Amen. This morning, I want to share with you a message I called my signature message. I call it my signature message because everywhere I have the opportunity to preach the first time, this is the message I preach. And the reason is that this message transformed me from a fearful, timid, lack of confidence kind of a believer to who I am today. And I want to share it with you just in case it will bless somebody here and also deal with some issues in our Christian life. Amen. I have entitled it, God Inside Mindedness. God Inside Mindedness. Not just God inside, but God inside mindedness. Come with me, if you will, please, to the book of the Apostle John. Thank you, Lord Jesus. John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14. I'm reading from the verse 15. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Okay. So John chapter number 14 from verse 15. If you are familiar with the Bible, you realize that from chapter 14 onwards, I think even from chapter 13, Jesus started talking to his disciples about his imminent departure. 
And he made some very profound statement in, those, in that very discourse. And I want us to read the chapter 14 of John, beginning reading from the verse 15 to, I think, the verse 20. Amen. John 14, 15 to 20. It reads, If ye love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, which the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Verse 18. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. At that day, and I believe this is the day, ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. Spirit of the living God, let the word of God come alive unto your people. In Jesus' name, amen. God inside mindedness. Now, I want you to know that if you are a born-again believer, a blood-bought citizen of the kingdom of God, you always have to live your life with the mentality that when you got born again, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, through the agency of the Holy Spirit, came to make their home in you. And so as you are sitting down like this, you are a carrier of the divine presence. In fact, it is not even enough for you to know. You have to walk in the conscious mindedness. You have to constantly and intentionally remember and know and let your mind dwell on it that God is abiding in your inner man. And that you are a carrier of the presence of Jehovah God. Can I have an amen? amen? Now, the reason why that is very important is that as human beings, what dominates our minds dominates our lives. And our lives will always gravitate in the direction of our dominant thought. So your dominant mentality is what will eventually define your life. And so it is very important that you walk around and live your life with that mentality. I'm not even just talking about knowing it, but letting your mind dwell on it. Can I have an amen? You must walk with what I call God inside mindedness. The fact that God is dwelling in you must be at the back of your mind. It must be at the front of your mind and occupy all the space in between. You must live with God inside mindedness. Can I have an amen? amen? Let me tell you a little story. Can I calm down? Can I calm down? Thank you. I am an interactive preacher, so I, I love to connect with the people. Amen. Okay. As a young little boy growing up in a typical West African community, my mother taught me a few things. 
Some of the things he taught me, she taught me were good. Others were very destructive. And I want to share a little of that with you. You know, I lost my father, so I grew up basically under the tutorship of my mother. And she would tell me, he said, my boy, you know something? I said, no, ma'am. Have you seen that your auntie who lives around there? I said, yes, ma'am. Say, be careful how close you get to her. Because she's the reason why most of the women in the family are not married. And those who are married are not giving birth. I would say, yes, ma'am. Have you seen that your uncle? I said, yes, ma'am. Be careful how close you get to him. Because he is the reason why most of the men in our family are drunkards. He is very dangerous. Yes, ma'am. Now, my mother filled my mind with some... I don't know whether there's anybody here who can identify... I know West Africa is a little bit different from South Africa. But for me, and for West Africa, this is very common. Your mother will have to point out the people you need to be careful. Good, thank you. So I grew up with this. In fact, there was a little something between me and my mom. When we visit a friend or a family member, and maybe I'll be sitting down, and then the person we visited will look at me and say, ah, you look hungry, can I give you something to eat? When that offer is made, I have to look at the face of my mom. <laughs> if I look at her and she's looking somewhere, I dare not take anything from the house. Because if I do, I will be in serious trouble. When we, Am I communicating? On the other hand, when I look at my mom's face and she's looking at me smiling, it means green light. You can go ahead and take everything. So this thing went on and on and on. And then I grew up. I became born again, filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues. But some way, somehow, I was so much afraid of people. Born again, blood was filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, but afraid of evil because of what was drummed into my head when I was growing up. Train a child in the way he should go. It works both sides. Amen? And so this thing went on. I grew up. I started working. But I would never travel to my hometown. Because I know there are dangerous people there. Anytime there is a reason for me to travel to my hometown, I have to come up with an excuse. Why I can't make it. It went on and on. And one day, my senior brother died. And I had to go to my hometown. Now, what kind of excuse are you going to come up with to stop you going to your own brother's funeral? I was in trouble. About a week to the funeral, I started preparing myself spiritually. I was fasting and praying, <laughs> trying to make myself strong for the encounter. Wednesday afternoon, at exactly 1 p.m., I was praying and a voice spoke in... I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. A certain voice said, you look pathetic. I was like, what? Who was that? The, vo the voice said, you look miserable. That is what I want to say. And then something shouted, sit down. Let me talk to you. So I sat down. And then the voice came again and said, why are you afraid of such individuals in your family? I replied, I didn't open my mouth. I replied my heart. They are dangerous. These are witches capable of doing all sorts of evil. And then I suppose the voice asked me, why do you think they are dangerous? 
and the voice touched me, they are dangerous because as human beings, they have opened up their spirit for demonic entities to possess them and to dwell in their spirit. So whatever they do, they don't do it because of themselves. They do it because of what they contain. I said, yes. Then the voice asked me again, are you an empty vessel? Are you an empty vessel? Have you forgotten that when you got born again, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost came to dwell in you. So when a confrontation is taking place, you take the human beings aside, spirit to spirit. I was delivered. From that day and subsequently, as I studied the Bible, I became so obsessed with the information that when I got born again, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit came to indwell me. And so I am, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a container that God the Father, God the Holy Listen to me. If your Christian life is going to be very effective and powerful, you have to walk in the consciousness of this truth. Amen. From that day, my attitude changed. The way I walk even changed. The way I talk changed. The way I even analyze situations changed. Because I came to the realization that I'm a container containing the presence of the Jehovah God. And that made all the difference in my life. Can I tell you that, church, as you become aware of some of these things, most of the things that Jesus went won for you on Calvary Cross will begin to unfold. Do you know why? Because your blessings, your power, your favor, everything that you are supposed to have as a child of God is associated with this indwelling presence of God. And as you become aware of it day by day, some of these things will begin to unveil in your life. I prophesy to somebody in the house today, as you begin to walk and live your life in the consciousness of the indwelling presence of Jehovah God, may your power be manifested. May your blessing be manifested. May your favor be manifested. May your grace be manifested. Receive that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, if you know a little bit of Bible, you will know that in the Old Testament, three major places of worship were built for God. There was the tabernacle of uh, Moses, there was the tabernacle of David, and there was the temple of Solomon. Let's take the tabernacle of David aside because it was a, a different uh, specimen. But when you look at the tabernacle of Moses, and the temple of Solomon, there's a certain resemblance, which is very telling. Now, remember, both the design and the dimensions of the tabernacle of Moses and the temple of Solomon were given by God. God didn't tell them, go and build me a place. And then he left everything. No, no, no. He gave them specific instructions. In fact, Moses was told that, be careful to build according to the dimensions. That were given to you on the mountain. So both dimensions of the tabernacle and the temple were given by God. Now note that. One of the striking resemblance was the fact that both of them contained three chambers. 
There was the outer court, there was the inner court, and there was the Holy of Holies. Let's say it together. The outer court, the inner court, and the Holy of Holies. Okay. In the tabernacle, and also in the temple, there were a lot of articles. But there was one article that made the places the house of God. What made those places just, not just an empty building, but the actual presence of Jehovah was a certain box called the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant. It is simply a box, a wooden box, that was overlaid both outside and inside with gold. Inside the box were three items. There was the tables containing the Ten Commandments. There was the rod of Aaron that bedded. And there was a golden pot containing the manna that the people of Israel ate in the wilderness. On top of the box was a lid. A wooden lid overlaid with gold and all that. On top of the lid were two cherubims. And their wings are stretched out. Their eyes looking down on the top of the ark. As if they are protecting something. And of course, they were protecting something. Because in between them was something carved like a stool called the mercy seat. Oh, Jesus. The mercy seat. Now, on top of the mercy seat was a, 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 an unexplainable light that glows perpetually. It was not lit by man, and it was not fueled by man. It was a light that is there. And God told Moses that there, that is where I will meet with you and communicate with you. So it came to be seen as the actual manifest presence of Jehovah God in the tabernacle. So what actually made the tabernacle the tabernacle of God was the Ark of the Covenant and the light sitting on the mercy seat. Eventually, in the process of time, theologians refer to that light as the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah glory. The very manifest presence of God. In fact, as for David referred to it as God who dwelt in between the cherubims. Amen. So to David, that was the presence of God. Now, you and I know that Jehovah God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, will not be interested sitting on boxes. <laughs> Hallelujah. But when God was instructing the building of the temple and the tabernacle, he was telling a story. What story was he telling? I myself have prepared a building for myself. But that building is not ready yet. Because it is totally uh, 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 polluted with sin. But one day, that building will be sanctified. And on that day, I will leave the top of the box and move into my house. What is that house? That house is your body. Just that the tabernacle is made up of the outer court, the inner court, and the holy of holies, you are also made up of a body, a soul, and a spirit. So your spirit is the holy of holies that God himself has prepared for his habitation. Now, when you got born again, one shot from Calvary, my sister, sanctified your body and made it clean enough for Jehovah God, the Holy One of Israel, to find it a, a convenient habitation. So when you got born again, God moved into his house. Don't you know that your body has become the temple? Amen. So every born again believer must understand 
that when you got born again, Jehovah God moved into his house. And so you are a container of the presence of Jehovah. It is not enough for you to just know it, but that thoughts, that truth must dominate your mentality. It is called God inside mindedness. Hallelujah. God inside mindedness. You have to deliberately do it. You have to, listen to me, you have to deliberately and totally and continuously and conscientiously always remind yourself that Jehovah God through the agency of the Holy Spirit has come to dwell in the inside of you. So wherever you go, you are a carrier of the divine presence. When that dominates your mentality, it will change the way you talk. It will change the way you walk. In fact, it will change the way you even analyze things. A lot of I can't will become with God all things are possible. A lot of I can't will become I can do all things. Amen. Very important. To me, that was the beginning of my boldness and my confidence and the miracles that I see in my ministry. All the good things that I see in my life started because I started programming this mind. To watch in the continuous consciousness of the fact that I'm a container of the presence of Jehovah. May that also be your story. I said, may that also be your story. I said, may that be your story. In the name of Jesus. This is the major difference between the Old Testament believer and the New Testament believer. In the Old Testament, even the people of Israel didn't have this privilege. No, 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 no. In the Old Testament, only three people, only three people had this privilege of encountering the Holy Ghost. Kings, prophets, and priests. And even in their case, the Holy Spirit will not come and dwell in them. The, the, the Bible says he will come upon them and use them for a purpose. And once that purpose is saved, it will go away. Hallelujah. So you see, when Joel prophesied that in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon off to the, to the average Israelites, that would be impossible. Because to them, the only people who qualify to experience the presence of God are the prophets, the priests, and the kings. Every average believer will have to deal with, you know, they being their intermediary. Amen. But in the New Testament, uh, to me, the blood of Jesus has done a lot for me. But one of the greatest achievements of the blood, listen to me, to me, I don't know about you or somebody else, but to me, one of the greatest achievements of the blood of Jesus was that such a body that has been used in sin, polluted by a lot of wrong habits, one day, I received one shot from Calvary. One shot from Calvary. And it cleansed this body and made it clean enough for Jehovah God to look at it and say, I will take this house. No, no, no. I don't know. If you want to buy a house or move into a house, the real estate agent will take you around. You will go and when you are satisfied, you will say, yeah, I think I will take this. 
One day, Jehovah God wanted a building. He was looking for a place to dwell. The blood of Jesus touched this defiled body and cleansed it so much that when Jehovah God came for inspection, he was okay with it. And he dwelt in. And after today, he is still indwelling me. I do what I do because greater is he. Amen. Amen. Sometimes this is the way I look at it. The kingdom of heaven wanted to establish an embassy on earth. They were looking for an embassy building. And somebody introduced them to this building. They inspected it. And they said, I think this can serve our purpose. So they paid the price with the blood of Jesus. And they came to dwell in. Now, you know, if you establish an embassy in a foreign land, you have to hire some people to man it. Okay? Maybe you send an ambassador from your home country, and then he will employ some staff to man it. But when it came to Jehovah God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, because they can be everywhere at the same time, they decided to man this embassy building themselves. So this is the embassy building. And the staff that work here are God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. They man this building. Now, when I got that mentality, it changed a lot of things about me, including my prior life. My brother, when I'm praying, it's not like I'm struggling against witches. No, 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 no. It's the foreign office communicating with head office. When I go into prayer, the foreign office is communicating with home office. Telling the home office what they need. Now, sometimes the devil is a bad devil. So he wants to, you know, intelligence is very important in warfare. The devil wants to gain intelligence by trying to tune in into my communication lines to know what I'm saying to heaven. Because God is aware of this, he has given me a coded message, a coded language that I use to communicate with my home office. That the devil doesn't, anytime the devil tries to tune in, to what I'm saying, I switch to the quoted language. Rapande marosta, izi bakatayande babua, embanamasanda mika ya 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 ya. He who prays in an unknown tongues, speaketh not to man. No one understands him. How be it in the quoted language, he is uttering some mysteries. Do utter some mysteries. It is not always that you have to communicate with heaven in your own language. If somebody listen to me. Hallelujah. The child of God who walks and lives in the consciousness of the indwelling presence of God can become literally, literally a mysterious person. Because there are things you are going to do that human beings will not understand. It's not by might. It's not by power. Amen. Sometimes I say this to our shame. The Old Testament believers who even didn't have the Holy Spirit. Well, you see, I, I was amazed to discover that when you study the Bible in the Old Testament, when God uses people, 
it will precede the event with words like, and the spirit of the Lord came upon him. Or the hand of the Lord came upon him. Or the power of the Most High came upon him. Do you know that in the New Testament, that language changed? Now, it doesn't say it came upon him. They will say, being full of the Holy Ghost. Because once it came upon them on Pentecost, it doesn't have to come upon them again. He's already in, ah, and somebody said to me, this is the way it works. <laughs> There's a difference between the spirit within and the spirit upon. I said there's a difference between the spirit within and the spirit upon. In the Old Testament, he will come upon them and go. But in the New Testament, this is how it happens. On the day you were born again, you received the Holy Spirit baptism. He came into you and you spoke in tongues. When you finish, it's just like the Shekinah glory. It's and it's in the inside of you. It's not gone. Because you see, it cannot be upon you 24-7. Else you will die. Is there. The next time you face a challenge, suddenly it fills you up, it empowers you, and you do miracles. I said it fills you up, it empowers you, and you do miracles. But wait a minute. In the Old Testament, where they didn't even have him dwelling in them, some of them could do amazing things. That we believers of today are not able to do. Why? Because we are not working in that mentality. Amen. Look at somebody like Samson. One day Samson had a wedding. At the wedding there was a confusion. So he got angry and he walked away. After some times he calmed down. And he decided to come for his wife. When he came, his in-laws told him that, well, you were angry, you walk away. So we're giving your wife to your best man. You're giving my wife to my best man. Was he the one who paid the diary? Okay, wait a minute. He went and bed the, <laughs> the harvest of the Philistines. They were angry. They were looking for him. They approached the elders of Israel. Give us Samson. They said, well, we can give him, him to you. We know where he is. We are going to give him to you, so you go and deal with him as you want. They came to Samson. They talked to Samson. Samson said, you promised me that you would not kill me. You said, no, 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 no. We are not going to kill you. Your own laws are looking for you. The Philistines are your own laws, Abby. He said, yes, yeah, we are going to give you. So go and talk to them. They will understand. So they bound Samson and they brought Samson to the Philistines. But when the Philistines saw Samson, they made a mistake. They made a very serious mistake. The Bible said the moment they saw Samson, they shouted, hey! And if there's one thing, there's Holy Spirit. Don't shout. That is why when we come to church, they say, shout, shout, oh. The moment the Philistines shouted, the Bible said the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and immediately he turned into another person. Whatever they have bound him with fell off. The Bible said he looked around and he found a jawbone of an ass. And he took the jawbone of an ass. 1,000 well-armed Philistine soldiers armed to the teeth with swords, shields, spears. Within 30 minutes, all of them were dead. All Solomon, uh, Samson had in his sense was a Joe born of an ass. Then Samson did something 
Very interesting. After killing the people, the Bible says he threw the jawbone of the ass away. Someone will say, Samson, are you kidding me? You just won a great victory with this and you are throwing it away. Why don't you keep it and use it next time? No, no, no. He knew that what happened that day had nothing to do with the jawbone. It has everything to do with what was upon him. Can I tell you something? If the spirit of the Lord is within you, everything you lay your hands on is a dangerous weapon. Hallelujah. He killed 1,000 Philistine soldiers just with the jawbone of an ass. And he threw it away because it has nothing to do with the jawbone. It has everything to do with the spirit of God upon him. Now listen to this. This is why Christians don't have to make a fetish of anything God decides to use in your hands. Pastor, if one day God decides to use water in your hands, after he has used you with the water, afterwards put the water away. Don't do a label on the water and say, what's the name of your currency here? Rand. Hundred rand. Miracle water. No, no, no. God doesn't operate like that. Because what he did has nothing to do with the water. It has everything to do with the spirit of God upon your life. One day he will decide to use something else. So don't make a fetish out of this. Hallelujah. The spirit of God is upon you. The spirit of God is upon you. The spirit of God is within you. You have to constantly walk in that awareness. Listen to me. Let me make a difference here. I'm not talking about that occultic teaching that say that you are God and they develop your inner. No, 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 no. I'm saying that when you get born again and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and just as in your sinner's prayer, you say, Lord Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Come and live in the inside of me. He will answer that prayer and come and live in the inside of you. And beginning from that day, the difference in your life is the indwelling presence of God. And you have to let that dominate your mentality. It must dominate your speech. It must change your perspective. Every time, look at yourself as somebody who is a carrier of the presence of God. Can I have an amen? Can I have an amen? amen? Can I have an amen? amen? Walk in the consciousness of the presence of God in you. Let that affect the way you talk. Let that affect the way you carry yourself. Always remember that he is in the inside of you. He is dwelling there. He's not gone away. He said he would dwell with you forever. So he is in the inside of you. And see the changes that will occur in your life. Hallelujah. So how do I activate this in my life? How do I let this profit my life? You let it profit your life. Number one, by knowing. Number two, by confessing. Number three, by practicing and doing everything with understanding that he's in the inside of you. I want us to read another scripture. Philemon or Philemon, verse 6. It's just one chapter. If I can have it on the screen. Verse 6. 
Philemon 1.6. Can I have a... Okay, this is the King James Version. That the communication of your faith may become effectual or effective by the acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Now, first of all, let's look at the word. Let's look at the phrase, every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. When you got born again, like I said in, the, in my introduction, the coming of the Holy Spirit into your spirit is the source, is the fountainhead of everything that Christ won for you on Calvary. Your effectiveness, your power, your favor, your blessings, everything that Jesus suffered to purchase for you comes with this indwelling presence of God in the inside of you. So the Bible says every good thing. Oh, my brother, my sister, there are good things in you. Now, I don't know much English, but I know when the English must say every, he's talking about a lot. He didn't say the good thing. He said every good thing. So there are good things in you. There are good things in you. There are good things in you. Remember this, there are good things in you. When you got born again, some good stuff was deposited in you. Don't forget this, there are good things in you. There are good things in you. Now, how will these good things benefit you? The Bible says by acknowledging. You see, this is where the trick is. The Bible says, if you want the good things in you to work in your life, acknowledge it. It's not by fa fasting. I am, I am an addicted fasting and prayer person. But you see, what I've come to realize, that the most paranoid believers are even intercessors, prayer warriors. And you see that by listening to how they pray. So prayer alone cannot cure ineffectiveness in a Christian life. I'll show you why. What will make it effective is acknowledging. Acknowledging. Is there anybody here with an iPad or a tablet? Oh, please, can you come to the front? Thank you. Excuse me if I'm breaking protocol. Okay. Go to the front page, the, where everything. What are these square, square things here? They are icons. Wonderful. What are they for? To navigate. Hey, navigate is a big, big English word. <laughs> okay, what are they supposed to be used for? To look for information, to search for... Okay, in other words, it is telling you what this iPad can do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So what Apple is telling you is that they have put some, if you like, machines that can do a lot of stuff in this small thing. And this thing here represented all the things it can do. Do you believe Apple? Wow. So you believe Apple has put them in? If you want them to work, eh? So, okay, so Samsung is telling you they put them in. 
and you believe Samson. So if you want them to do what Samson is telling you it can do, what do you do? How do you get it to work? Hmm? Okay. For example, Samson has told you that there is, they have built a machine that can calculate complex figures in this tablet, right? The calculator. Is it there? Please, we are just interacting. Don't, don't be, be, be at ease. So it can, it can calculate. It can, maybe it can multiply 702 million times 370 something thousand within a fraction of a second. And it can do, and you believe Samsung. So when you want to do that, what do you do? If, I can get the money. No, if you want it to calculate something for you, what do you do? I go to the calculator. So how, how do, do you force it? No. You push the calculator no. to do, no, do it. No. You just touch it. Yes. And it will do. Yes. That was what Samsung told you. And you believe Samsung. Yes. And they've not lied to you. Okay. And God told you that as a believer, listen to me, listen to me. God told you as a believer, I have put something in you. So if you meet a sick person, lay hands on the person, and the person shall recover. You believe Samson? Many of us believe Apple and Samson more than we believe God. Remember, if you want the apple to work, or the tablet to work, he doesn't force it. He doesn't... Calculate and it's calculate and then hit it that calculate. No, no, no. All he has to do is to touch it. Because the machines and the ability to do that has been built into it by Samsung. All he has to do is to acknowledge. By the way, my sister, you are, you are wonderful. Anointed. Okay. How many of these icons do you have in your tablet? Roughly. By 60. Wonderful. So, Samsung is telling you we have built 60 good stuff in it. And everyone that you want to work with, just acknowledge it. Okay. Roughly. How many of these icons, since you bought this tablet, you have used? Ten. Ten. So this tablet is operating ten over sixty. One sixth capacity. There are believers who are operating ever since you got born again. And the Holy Ghost came to dwell in you. The only thing you have used the Holy Ghost to do is to pray in tongues. Period. You are seriously operating under capacity. Beginning from today. The devil is intimidated. Hallelujah. Beginning from today. As you begin to acknowledge every good thing that is in you. In Christ Jesus May you graduate from 10% capacity to 20%, to 30%, to 40%, to 50%. You have no idea what you carry. If you have an idea what you carry, you will not be afraid of anything. 
Because let me tell you something. There is no entity. There is no being here on earth that can match what you carry. I be you carry the Holy Ghost. The greatest power in the universe is living in the inside of you. What business do you have being afraid of something? Sit down. Let's put our hands together for my sister. Hallelujah. Listen to me. Anytime I preach about some of these things, I am passionate. The reason is that I know the difference it made in my life. And I know it made that difference, not because I'm special, and that any believer who would dare to walk in this thing, my God, three months from today, four months from today, five months from today, you will launch a new version of you. I said you will launch a new version of you. I said you will launch a new version of you. Ah, can I have somebody? If you are the one I'm prophesying to, you cannot sit down. You will launch a new version of you. You will launch a new version of you. A new version of you is coming on the scene. Hallelujah. Let me finish with the story I spoke about. Hallelujah. Pastor, and so when the Holy Spirit dealt with me, and I became aware of what I'm carrying, I even stopped fasting. Now, let me tell you something. My sister, do you know that the tablet you are holding, though the good things are in it, but they can only work when there is power in the battery. Prayer is the charging. <laughs> As you pray, you are charging. You are infusing power. As for the things, they are already there. Prayer and all that will charge the battery and cause it to work. But you must acknowledge it for it to work. On that day, when the Holy Ghost had taught me some of these things, I knew I had charged my battery enough. And so I got ready and I traveled to where the, uh, the funeral, my brother's funeral was going to happen. I had to go to work and leave my workplace before going. So I got there very late. When I went, I don't know about South Africa. Ghanaians are, we are big on funerals. I mean, it is the funeral headquarters of the world. When somebody dies, that is when the family comes alive. I don't know why it is so, but it is so. So when we heard that Desmond Tutu has died and there was no funeral, we are like, ah, these people have, ah, they should have contracted us to do it. Amen. But Ghanaians are very big on funeral. When I went there, there was a wake up going on. Do you do wake up? You don't do wake up here. In Ghana, when somebody died, the day before we bury, sometimes it's Friday, mostly it's Friday. The day before we bury, we do it all night by the corpse. I don't know why we keep that tradition, but we still do it. We dress the corpse, put it on bed, decorate the place, and people are supposed to do all night. I don't know whether they are communicating with me, <laughs> but that is what we do. So when I got to the town, the wake we call it wake keeping, was going on. So I was carrying my bag. I put it down somewhere and I was sitting down at the point and I was like, Why should I, a believer, do an all night by a dead body? Let me go and sleep somewhere. So I went to go, I went to the, the MC, the guy MC the whole event, and said, You know, I went to work before coming. I'm tired, I want to sleep. He said, Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, wait, go and sit down. I sat down, so he took the microphone. He said, all those of you who traveled 
to the funeral, these are the arrangements we have made for you. All the men here, we have prepared a room here for you. If you want to sleep, enter this door, go there, there will be a place for you to sleep. And all the women, this is your place. And he mentioned because he didn't want a situation where a woman would go to where the men are and all that. So he repeated several times. I said, okay, thank you. I picked my bag. I went to where we are to, to sleep. When I entered the room, I saw a long corridor. And they put a lot of mattresses there with pillows on top, covered it with white bed sheets. So I looked around, kicked my shoe off. I didn't even undress. Put my bag somewhere and I slept on one of the pillows on the mattresses. Just when I was about to doze off, I heard the door opening. So I was expecting another gentleman to come and join me. I lifted up my head and I saw one of my aunties entering. Let me talk to you about that auntie of mine. When I got born again, in the zeal and the first love, one day I tried to evangelize my auntie. And so I went on, all of sin and comes out of glory of God, blah, 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 blah. I don't give your life to Jesus. And I went on and on. When I said, have you finished? I said, yes. It's okay, listen. All this thing about churches and people saying born again and all that. It's not that I've not seen it. I know. In fact, I can even tell you more about it than you know. But as for me, I can never become a Christian because my head has already been taken over by Lucifer. Yes. My auntie told me that God is my witness. She told me she can never become a Christian because already her head. People who are witches are afraid of this my auntie. And she doesn't hide her wickedness. So in my hometown, everybody, when a child is coming, they will run away because of what they know about her. So on that fateful night, when I heard my auntie opening the door, if it were not for the, what the Holy Ghost has already taught me, do you know what I would have done? I would have gotten up in the name of Jesus. I plead the blood and be doing all kinds of gimmicks. But because of the lessons I have received, and now I know what I contain. All I did, I was look at her face, and I put my head back on the pillow, and I started telling myself, today, 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 Jesus will do wonders today. Amen. God is my witness, Pastor. I didn't open my mouth. I was feeling too tired and too sleepy to pray in tongues or not. So I started praying in tongues with my, in my heart. I didn't even open my tongue for, for me to hear. He heard what I was saying. No, no, I was praying in my spirit. She came and she lied by me. And there was a distance between me and my auntie. Somewhere along the line, as I was dozing off, I felt this magnetic pull pulling me towards where my auntie was. And in between them was a depression on the ground, shaped in a four by four coffin. And the Holy Ghost tells me, do you know what he's trying to do? She's trying to pull you into the coffin and cover you and then bury you before you even die. But I love in my head. I started praying in my heart. About just five seconds, my auntie got up, looked at me, and ran for the door. She was so, so confused. When she got to the door, she was opening the door from the hinges. And it was not working. Then she came to herself. I don't know. I'm up and opened it and ran away from the room. 
without anybody chasing them. I say, next time. Next time. Can I tell you something? It is an abomination for a born again Christian, a child of the living God, a blood citizen of the kingdom of God, to be afraid of another human being because of what they contain. It's an abomination. I said it's an abomination. But you see, listen to the average believer talk today. And they are, some of them are afraid of things they don't even know. Amen. But you are not supposed to be afraid. You are supposed to be feared. Because of what you carry. You carry the presence of Jehovah. You carry the power of the Almighty God. You carry the blessed Holy Spirit. For greater is he who is in the inside of you. It is my prayer that beginning from today, every believer at the sound of my voice will begin to walk in this mentality. The understanding of the fact that you are a career, of the presence of Jehovah, wherever you will go, he goes with you. Whatever you do, he... Listen to me, sometimes some people with eyes to see in the realms of the spirit, they see you, they look at you, and they know what you contain. And it is dangerous for your enemy to know what you contain. Because you are totally ignorant of what you carry. You must be the first person to be aware. You are going to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. You are going to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. You are going to be aware of what you carry. You can you walk with your chest out, with your head up. You are in control. You are in charge. It doesn't matter who is around. When you step into the room, an ambassador of Jehovah God has just walked into the room and you must be in charge. I said you must be in charge. I said you must be in charge. In Jesus' name. Because of what you carry. May that dominate your mentality. May that dominate everything you say. May it change the way you talk. May it change the way you carry yourself. Being aware of what you carry. Being aware of what you can do. Because the spirit of the living God is abiding in the inside of you. Thank you and God bless you.